It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you three days a week here in the month of June as we are in off-season mode here on Locked On Panthers, which is okay. I want to do more shows for you guys, but right now we are sitting here in what's becoming basically the content desert across the NFL as we wait six weeks until the Panthers report to training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina on the campus of Wofford College on July 27th. So if there's no news, that's probably good news right now for the Carolina Panthers. So the next couple weeks, going to be getting you some interviews with people who cover the team, people who've been around the team, got some really good stuff for you, including today with Darren Gant of Panthers.com. He's been formerly a pro football talk. He was the Rock Hill Herald. He's been around since day one covering the Carolina Panthers. He's a wealth of knowledge, and I really appreciate guys like him. Me and Darren have gotten to know each other since I moved back to Charlotte, and I've gotten to work with him when I was back at WFNZ. Adore the guy, love the guy, look up to him. He's awesome, and I'm really excited to share the conversation that we had with you guys today. Just heads up, did this over Zoom. Zoom quality, it can be up and down, so hopefully it's good for you guys, but I'm just going to let you know, just kind of not being in studio and him not being on a mic can make things a little touch and go at times, so just giving you a heads up there, but uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, um, also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the off season, I'm going to need your participation for the weekly Friday mailbag, so make sure you go out there and do that. So coming up next right now here on Lockdown Panthers, my conversation with Darren Gant. Okay, as promised, Darren Gant of Panthers.com now with me on the show. Darren, good afternoon, good evening. How are you? It's been a while since we spoke. I, I am well. It's good to hear from you again. Hope everything's going well on your end. We're living the dream here. Yeah, no, everything's good. And we're entering that part of the year where the content machine is going to be a little dry. Unless, of course, something bad happens, which hopefully nothing bad happens as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers. But I want to talk to you today because last week was mandatory minicamp. I want to kind of look back on all of that and see what we can reasonably take away from those three days, really two days, of the Carolina Panthers together before the six-week hiatus until they go down to Spartanburg, South Carolina, on a campus of Wofford College on July 27th. So let me ask you this. You've been doing this for a while, not to age you. How much can we reasonably take away from a mandatory minicamp for the Carolina Panthers in year two of Matt Rule with a 
brand new starting quarterback, presumably, I would imagine. Sam Darnold out there trade for it, traded for him and picked up the fifth-year option. Will be the starter here in 2021. What can we take away from what we saw last week? Well, you could call it age or you could call it wisdom and perspective. That would be another way to look at it. Um, yes. and, and I feel like as such, I have to raise my hands and say, it's June, nobody's wearing pads, you can't tell too much about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, for instance, and I think one thing that got a little bit of traction, I mean, Sam Darnold is okay. We, we won't know whether Sam Darnold's an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater for a while until he gets into some games and does some things and hopefully, you know, for their sake, throws it to the right team. Um, but there was a thing in minicamp where he was getting a bunch of passes knocked down at the line of scrimmage, and it, it, it kind of becomes a thing in a June minicamp when it's probably not a thing in real life because offensive linemen are out there without pads, nobody's really pass protecting, you know, that kind of stuff. It's easier for defenses to knock down passes. Now, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's, a, it's not a problem at all if he keeps throwing balls into the line of scrimmage uh, during the season, it's obviously an issue, but I think it's the kind of thing that's easy to overreact to in June. But, you know, I, I think so much of Sam Darnold and really the team construction as a whole is still so TBD. I mean, it's, you know, it's basically, a, you know, they're consistent parts, but they did so much this offseason to rebuild and retool certain areas that I don't think it's going to look terribly familiar at all to what was on the field last year. I think it's important for people to also understand that this is the youngest team in the NFL. And this is really the yeah. first time that Matt Rule and this coaching staff have gotten the opportunity to really coach these guys in person, go through the full offseason program, and having a new quarterback in Darnold, who this is his fourth year in the NFL. If we look back what he did in New York, there's plenty of reasons why he didn't play well. But at the end of the day, he was not necessarily very good with the New York Jets. So that's kind of the concern for a lot of people that they see him struggling, so to say, how much a man can struggle in mandatory minicamp, that people might be a little worried heading into these next six weeks uh, how well he's actually going to be playing once they finally get to Spartanburg. But overall, just Darnold coming to Carolina, just your thoughts at least on how he seems to be fitting in with the coaching staff over the last couple of weeks with the period of OTAs and mandatory minicamp from what you've seen. It uh, seems pretty good. I mean, and, and listen, everything about the Carolina Panthers this offseason has kind of been built on the condition of because Jets. And, and, I mean, you're assuming that Sam looked the way Sam looked because of the coaches he was around, the supporting cast or lack thereof he was around. I mean, the Sam we've seen so far, everybody loves him. I mean, coaches dig him. You know, I talked to Clay Hilton a good bit when he was uh, first traded out here. You know, I talked to his old USC coach about him and, and guys who had been around him and known him for a long time. And they all said almost in unison, coaches are going to love the guy because he's about ball. He wants to work. He wants to be about it. He wants to do football. And, you know, he isn't a big extracurricular guy. I mean, he's not out there – you know, while he's got some varied interest, he's not trying to make himself a media mogul in the offseason or anything like that. I mean, so I, I think from that standpoint, they like him a lot. They like his coachability. They like his willingness to dig into the details. And that was the thing that, you know, McCaffrey mentioned at the end of, um, at the end of minicamp to me was, 
you know, hey, Sam has been really detailed. He does go through all the stuff on a day-to-day basis, and he does want to work. And, you know, Matt Rule's building that kind of process culture here, and Christian McCaffrey, he was fortunate to inherit a real process guy, and both of them seem to vouch for Sam Darnold's grasp of process. I think we had this conversation a few times last year when there was a lot of hand-wringing over Teddy Bridgewater, who's now departed. He's with the Denver Broncos, and he's in his own quarterback battle, as he seems to be with uh, huh. Drew Locke. Um, so, and we had the conversation about, you bring up Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey comes back. Hopefully, he's healthy this season. Only played in three games last year. You can only imagine, if, you know, if you're a practical human being, that Teddy Bridgewater probably would have been a little bit better for the Carolina Panthers. Not saying that he would have been a lot better and would have earned another year under here in Carolina under Matt Rule, but you would have thought that he would have played a little bit better having Christian McCaffrey out on the field. Now with Sam Darnold, who didn't have a lot around him in New York, one of those pieces, Robbie Anderson was not re-signed last year by their general manager, Joe Douglas, comes here to Carolina, has a career year. One would think that Christian McCaffrey being on his roster – is a huge deal, right, for Sam Darnold as he tries to come into this organization and, I guess, save his career after three poor years in New York? Yes, I I think you have stayed safely on the limb there. We have confirmed that Christian McCaffrey is good at football. Yes. And the teams with Christian McCaffrey are better at football than teams without Christian McCaffrey. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, and that's why – I think if it sounds overly optimistic about Sam at this point in his career, a lot of people are putting a lot of stock in. He never had one of these. He never had. I mean, he was sort of around Le'Veon Bell, but it was late stage Le'Veon. It wasn't peak Le'Veon, but that's the kind of player Christian McCaffrey is. And, you know, Sam's just never had the stuff available to him and he was never in a, a positive situation at a lot of levels but yeah I mean absolutely I I think if anybody is going out saying that Sam Darnold can be better than Teddy Bridgewater ergo above average then it's based on what he never had Christian he never had a DJ Moore he had a Robbie Anderson briefly but never when Robbie Anderson wasn't the A receiver on that team so um I I do think there's some reasonable case for optimism there but again a lot of it's going to depend on Sam continuing to throw it to all those people we named and not the other team all right let's take a quick pause then on the other side more from Darren Gant bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and your ufc mma action before the next pitch Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs and head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Christian had been healthy throughout his career. Back at Stanford, I think he only missed one game as he was a Heisman Trophy runner-up and then was a fantastic in the next season. He gets drafted, of course, eighth overall. He was coming to Carolina. Doesn't miss a game until last year, week two. Gets his ankle rolled up on. Misses a couple weeks. Comes back. Danny Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs buries his shoulder into the turf. And then working back to try and get back too fast, he hurts his groin. So, really, two of those things were, were not preventable. It's just football. And the I, third one, it's Christian. He's a workout machine. Nobody – I mean, there's, I'm sure there's other people who take their care of their bodies better than him. But, really, when you look at it, it doesn't seem like anyone out there in the NFL is on the same kind of regiment as uh, Chris McCaffrey is. Is there any concern about how he's going to hold up moving forward? I know a lot of fans out there have talked about how – they really want to be able to split his carries and him not get too many touches. I've always been in the camp of, I mean, you're paying this guy a ton of money, one. And it's two, right. he's one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL. Why would you not want to give him the ball 25, potentially 30 times a game if you can? Is there any concern yeah. with the coaching staff on Christian McCaffrey's ability to hold up heading into the season I, and beyond? I don't think it's from the standpoint of, oh, God, we might use him too much and burn him out. I mean, I don't think it's that. I mean, if – if anything, as football consumers, we tend to underrate and understate the effect of dumb, bad luck. And, and nobody ever wants to think, uh, you know, maybe it just wasn't your day. And, and last year was a series of not his days, Christian McCaffrey. He picked a couple of bad days to have a bad day. Um, but I think that from a physical standpoint, there's no indication that there's any lingering and and you're right you pointed out I mean the guy is serious about keeping himself in shape he's gone through a lot of steps that a lot of players don't I mean a lot of NFL players reach that point seven eight nine years into a career where they say okay I've got to get serious about my offseason about my nutrition about my you know training plans and that kind of stuff Christian got to that kind of stuff at about year two or three and he is he's taken every step and for what it's worth and maybe not anything, but just to kind of shine a little light on the approach, guys go out for voluntary OTAs and June minicamp, and it gets to be a grind. You've been out there. You're not in pads. You're doing a lot of rope work a lot of times, especially if you're a veteran. Christian McCaffrey is one of the first two or three guys on the field every single day, if not the first guy out there on the field. He, he's going through his steps, his process, making sure he's doing everything he's supposed to do. So I, I will say, I mean, and it doesn't speak to whether he's going to be unlucky again, but he has certainly put in the time and done the preparation to have himself as ready as he can be. Has he taken on that leadership role? I mean, when you look at this roster, I've already brought up this the youngest roster yeah. in, the, in the NFL. Like, when you're looking at leaders on this team, he's got to be atop the list. I would imagine maybe Shaq yeah. Thompson on the defensive side. But outside of that, I, I don't really know who yeah. those guys are. I, I would imagine they obviously want Sam Darnold to be that, but he's too young so far, at least to the team. And too, and too new here. I mean, Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, again, you mentioned Christian and Shaq, and I thought it was interesting that when Rule was doing a, a day of situational stuff, okay, it's, 
it's third and six, we're down four, there's 24 seconds, and we got two timeouts, what are you going to do? He let Christian and Shaq call the timeouts for offense-defense and sort of coach for a day. Uh, you know, and they've been identified by their coaches and by their peers as leaders around there. And Christian kind of laughed about it last week. He's like, God, I guess I'm old now. He's 25. But uh, around here and in that room, I mean, they've got running backs who are chronologically older than him, but nobody really with the kind of experience he's got. And not a lot of guys on offense, period, with the kind of experience he has. So uh, he does seem to take that on naturally. And, you know, the best leaders, I think, on football teams are the guys who don't go looking for it. And, and it just sort of finds them. And I think Shaq and Christian are both a little bit that way. I mean, Shaq's got a few years on him and a little more stature in that regard. But um, they both just kind of do the thing on a daily basis. And, and so people look to them as leaders, whether they consider themselves one or not. DJ Moore kind of struck me in a way when we're talking about leadership, where when Robbie Anderson wasn't around for, again, folks, voluntary OTAs while, what, 88 or 90 guys on the team showed up. So it's kind of like, well, why aren't you here? Either way, it's still voluntary. And the NFLPA was telling uh, plenty of of the members not to show up. That was more of an issue, let's say, with the Denver Broncos and other teams across the league, not necessarily here in Charlotte. But it kind of stood out to me where he said they really felt like it was important to show up this year because of what they missed last year. DJ's coming off a back-to-back thousand right. receiving seasons with Cam Newton's shoulder falling apart. Kyle Allen, who's a turnover machine, a Will Greer ill-fated oh. start in Indianapolis. He even had P.J. Walker, of course, last year, mainly with Teddy Bridgewater. And he's put up huge numbers. Where can DJ go from here now as we talk about potentially being that, that, a leader and then maybe stepping into the upper echelon of NFL wide receivers? Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see how he's going to develop this year because he has put up consistently good numbers and consistently above average numbers for a guy who hasn't had great situations around him always. I mean, I think DJ's a player and we get caught up and, hey, it's June, so we can do this kind of sports talk radio debate thing. But if you want to talk about is a guy an elite receiver or a number one receiver, I think D.J. Moore is one. I think he's proven that he's one of the better yards after catch guys in the NFL. And that was the interesting thing about Robbie last year. I mean, coming here, it was kind of presented as Robbie's got great straight line speed. Robbie's a guy who can make big plays. Robbie Anderson had career highs in catches and yards while putting up a career low in yards per catch. DJ Moore makes big plays. And, and I think in this system, again, we, as easy it is to talk about Sam Darnold, I, I think having Christian McCaffrey back makes it a little bit easier for DJ Moore too and kind of creates opportunities for the offense to hold because he has shown he is that guy. He can get downfield and make plays uh, both before and after the ball's in his hands. And, and that's something that every offense could use. I mean, DJ is going into an interesting spot. I mean, he's in year four. You know, when you start talking about what DJ Moore's worth and what the value of number one receivers are, it's going to get expensive in a hurry. But he is in a spot right now where I think he's kind of established himself as somebody who is – got a good claim to be in that top group of guys I mean he's he's done it and he as you pointed out he's done it with an odd lot of quarterbacks at best so I I think that speaks to the fact that he is good enough to do it himself 
Going to take another pause, then give you more from my conversation with Darren Gant. Guys, I've been telling you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they now have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors. And these nine flavors I've been telling you about are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And here's what's really cool about Built Bar. You don't just have to get coconut. You don't just have to get mint brownie. You don't have to just get cherry. You could get peanut butter brownie and raspberry together, or you can get coconut almond and salted caramel together. That's right. Built Bar does mixed boxes where you get two of each of the nine flavors. It's awesome. I love that they do that, and it's something that you need to go sign up and get right now. They're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, which would make you think that they're not healthy, but you'd be wrong. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. And that everything you can need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I like that you brought up the fact that I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option. That was something that happened what that Thursday sure. of the first round was kind of added a little bit more yeah. drama to what the Carolina Panthers were going to draft a quarterback or stick with Sam Darnold. I was always of the belief after they traded for Sam Darnold that they were going right. to stick with him because it didn't really make yeah. a lot of sense to me why you would trade for him when you're sitting at eight and you definitely would have a possibility, which came very true, that they could still draft Justin Fields or Mac Jones, but they decided they'd rather have J.C. Horn. But you bring up the contract. So he's got to be in line for an extension. I can't see why they wouldn't do it. Obviously, Taylor Moten, who's playing on the franchise tag, he would be, in my opinion, your top priority when there's a number of questions on the offensive line. Uh, you also have Robbie Anderson entering into a contract year. There's going to be, be a lot of decisions. And Dante Jackson on the defensive side, there's going to be a lot of decisions, right, with contracts yeah. coming up here next offseason, not to look too far ahead, but it's something you got to think about heading uh, into the season, right? No question. And those guys, it's good that you threw Dante into that mix because he's another one of those guys who – uh, may have just fallen into a great situation because if you're a corner, you know, they go out and sign A.J. Boye before the draft, and he is the epitome of solid vet. Coaches love him, stable player. But think back to where A.J. Boye's been. He was on that 17 Jaguars defense where a lot of guys hit career years at the same time. And that's when he went to a Pro Bowl with five or six interceptions because – Look who was on the other side, Jalen Ramsey. And, and A.J. has talked about, and we'll have more at Panthers.com over the course of this offseason, about what it was like coming here and whether J.C. Horn compares favorably in his mind to a Jalen Ramsey. Spoiler alert, he thinks so. Um, <laughs> but 
Dante is in position. Now he's with those guys. Okay, if AJ's in the slot and JC's on the other side, then Dante's probably going to see a lot of traffic. And he's going to have an opportunity to make plays. You know, he had three picks last year. Uh, and, and that was with struggling with some injury problems of his own. He said the toe's fine. But if people aren't throwing at J.C. Horn, and if they're a little leery of going against the old head in Boye in the slot, then all of a sudden Dante's going to have an opportunity to get his hands on some balls. And if he does, he could get really, really rich. Cornerbacks with a lot of picks get paid a lot of money in free agency. So he certainly put himself in a position to earn uh, this offseason with those other moves. But everything works with the fact that you go out and get another pass rusher. I mean, it's not just those guys in the secondary. Hassan Reddick makes Dante Jackson's life a lot easier, too, because with Reddick on one side, Brian Burns on the other, guys aren't going to have as much time to look downfield. So I, I think there's, you know, just seeing the way they put that stuff together, as much as we talk about Darnold, as much as quarterbacks are an object of fascination, if they're going to be any good this year, it's going to be because that defense got a lot better. That's very true. And you pointed this out in um, your mini camp notebook, just about the depth of the secondary, especially at corner. Now, I think there's some question marks yeah. at safety in terms of just Jeremy Chin moving back there full time. Really not even full time because he's going to play all over the defense. But him next to Justin Burris and some of the guys that they brought in, just um, tried out last week with uh, Ha Clinton Dix, who hasn't been signed necessarily yet. But just some of the questions that might be there in the second safety position. But at corner, you're right. Having Dante there, who year four, it's a contract year. I tend to believe he's going to have a breakout year because, as we've seen across the league, that contract years are typically undefeated. Now, whether you get that money after that is always dependent upon whether teams believe it was real or not. And Hassan Reddick is kind of one of those examples where I don't know if his market necessarily was there, but he's here back with his former college coach and Matt Rule with an opportunity to, to prove that he wasn't lying to the NFL and to people last year, but he really is that dude. But yeah, just bringing in A.J. Boye, former pole bowler, J.C. Horn, a first rounder. You got Brian Burns on the edge. I'm excited about this defense. I even like the Daquan yeah. Jones signing. who was a solid player for a couple of years in Tennessee with the Titans. Now, this might not be the defense that they had initially. This might not be like the Kevin Greens out there and the Sam Mills. It might not be the Brinson Bruckers and um, Michael Ruckers and um, Dan Morgan and Julius Peppers yeah. that we saw there in the, in the mid-2000s or what we had not too long ago, TD, and also with Luke Keekley. But you got to feel pretty good about the young defensive core that they have here that they can live up to being what those Panther defenses have been in the past. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Play hard. You're not Peppers and Rucker and Dan Morgan and Prince Buckner and Chris Jenkins. That That's not who you are yet, but not very many people are those guys. So it's um, it, it's definitely an interesting mix. And, and they were very strategic in how they put that thing together. I mean, Denzel Perriman is a guy, I mean, he is basically a two-down linebacker, but he allows you to be solid enough on first and second down that you don't have to burn Jeremy Chin as a linebacker on those downs. You can move him back and put him in space and do different things with him. He gives you a flexibility you didn't have last year. I mean, Jermaine Carter, I, I thought, played okay late, late in the year. And, and when you think about Jermaine, Shaq Thompson, Perriman, that frees you up as kind of those quote-unquote base linebackers. I mean, those guys are solid enough that it gives you the flexibility to use Chin in different ways, and that helps everything. But 
you know, Pearman's another one of those guys. Morgan Fox, I think, falls into this category. He's basically your F.A. Obata replacement. You know, third defensive end, slides inside and rushes from inside on passing downs. You know, and, and looked pretty good next to some guy named Aaron Donald last year. But uh, <laughs> in, in those situations. So they've got a lot of interesting parts. Putting them into place is, you know, Phil Snow talked about this back there in OTAs. He was like, hey, we got a lot of stuff we can do right now. He was very much in experimental mode during minicamp and OTAs of seeing, hey, what can these guys retain? What do they remember? What can we do with all this stuff? You know, and then once they get into training camp, put pads on and see what those pieces look like in live action, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know how good they're going to be, but you're right. When he's talking about the experimentation going on throughout OTAs and minicamp, like last right. year – they ran a, a lot of different three-man three man fronts, four-man fronts, you know, a lot of nickel coverage, what they did with uh, Jeremy Chin playing all over the defense. But now you add more pieces, especially now with the three corners. You have three solid corners. At least we'll see what J.C. Horn is. And then if A.J. Boye can get back to what he was right. in, in Houston and, of course, in Jacksonville, and then Dante can stay healthy. Yeah. But you feel pretty good about those three corners. You bring up the three linebackers that they have. Also, just on the defensive line, there's plenty of options on the edge as well. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they certainly have a lot of potential. Great stuff from Darren Gant. Now, that's only part of our conversation. That's right. Two-parter. Tune in tomorrow, Thursday morning, where you'll get the second part of my conversation with Darren Gant of Panthers.com. Thanks again so much for listening to the Locked On Panthers. We've had another great week. We are up year to year. Awesome numbers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead, start participating right now. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your input, your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. We're doing that every Friday throughout the offseason. Again, thank you all so, so much for your support, and I will talk to you on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.